Today's show is brought to you by Vinyl Me Please. Join the Record of the Month Club at joinvmp.com slash songspodcast. Hey everyone, before we get into the episode, I do want to give you a friendly reminder that each and every episode comes with a unique playlist via Spotify or Apple Music. You can go to songspodcast.com or scroll down to the description of this episode and click on a link to the playlist, Apple Music, Spotify. They are there for you to experience the songs that we talk about on each and every episode. Thank you so much, and let's get right to it. Welcome to a, well, we've, we've been a while. It's been a while since we've done one of these. So welcome to a new edition of Songs for the Moment, season three. Season <laughs> we, trace. We just go away and then come back and we just, you know, if it's for, if it's more, it's, if it's more for a month hiatus, still just, it's a new season. So welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. We are in a new home. We have a new host, Anchor.fm, which is great. And wherever you're listening to this show, Thank you for listening and sticking with us uh, while we were on hiatus. Sometimes life takes uh, takes us by surprise and we just, you know, go along with that. And yeah, but always with me is the producer, the co-host, the man, Sean Hebert. How you doing? Doing good. Uh, yeah, just been like crazy busy working and doing the whole life shit thing. So yeah, uh, really, really, I'm actually really excited to start doing this again. Um, I yep. felt like uh, I haven't really been doing anything but f- fucking working, man. <laughs> no, I feel you. It's, it's. Uh, I don't know. I, I've been focusing on other shows. Like I brought the G Rod show back, and then I'm doing that horror thing. And I, I've this has been in the back of my head. I never wanted to like let this go. It just I knew when you got the new job that you were going to be busy. Uh, especially you work, you know, Monday through Friday and you're like, you got, you run that place. So it's like, you're the guy. And I knew you were yeah. going to, I knew you were going to need some time to kind of get used to that. So it, it it's fine that we uh, took the hiatus and, you know, and I'm excited to be back because a lot of good music has come out. Um, our, I think our lists are a little bit different than usual and I'm ready to talk about this, but uh, if you are new and haven't heard songs for the moment and this is the first episode you came across welcome and it we we what we do here is we have five songs each sometimes we have a bonus sometimes we don't and we talk about why we love the songs if there's any stories attached to these songs that remind us of good times uh or we just want to give you some new music to listen to because this is a music discovery podcast i would think so i am excited to be back sean's excited to be back and this week we're going to be talking about songs that we've just been listening to since the last time we have uh, spoken to you guys so yeah we uh, haven't really checked in um so i figured it was a good idea just to give an update on what we have recently discovered or think is really really cool or what we're just constantly jamming out to right now so you want to start us off yeah, I'll start us off. Um, my first song, to- my my first song, my first song is um, McRocklin and Hutch. Uh, the song "Locked In." It's um, 
it's basically like an like an electronica dance with like guitar shred sections every once in a while over it but they fit really well um if you don't know who thomas mcrocklin is um he was one of those guitar prodigies like when he was like i'm gonna say seven or eight and he wound up opening up for like ozzy osbourne at one point in his early teens and then steve vai kind of helped him start a band called bad for good okay and um you know he was you know a virtuoso guitar player at a super young age and then he kind of just stopped playing guitar and stopped doing music and kind of fell off the face of the planet for about 10 or 15 years and then about a year or two ago he popped back up and started and put out a, a album called new beginnings um which is also really good but um he started collaborating with this guy named hutch and it's like that dancey stuff and it's not technically something i would really listen to unless you know there was shred over it because you know i'm a guitar player and i don't really listen to like techno or anything like that but the stuff's really really cool uh, check it out if you're into guitar playing at all check out his album new beginnings uh it's awesome incredible you incredible work you sent this to me the other day and uh I yeah mean, how I would you that. describe it yeah i mean that's i i think you nailed it i mean it's unique enough to have its own probably have its own little genre um i couldn't put a name to it though uh, I love the album art. I love the sound. Like I like synthwave kind of stuff. So it it kind of felt like that, but like a little bit heavier, obviously. But um, I don't know. I couldn't give you a name. Couldn't put a a genre to it. It's just it's almost lot. like new wave shred. Yeah, yeah. That's that's good. I like that. You just you just created a, uh, a subgenre. <laughs> a, a subgenre. Wave shred wave. Shredwave, yes. Shredwave is a real thing now, man. Shredwave. I like it. <laughs> That's going to be a t-shirt. We're going to make a t-shirt just as Shredwave. It's going to be like, with the, Yeah, we, it should, should say uh, Shredwave in like the same font that it has on the uh, album cover for Locked In, like the single cover. Uh-huh. And then on the back, it should have our like uh, cassette tape logo. I dig it. I like, like on it. the shoulders. All right, I'm making that after we do this. It's happening. <laughs> it's going down. Uh, that's awesome. I should send McRocklin. That would be great. A picture of that be like, yo. <laughs> I like it. Um, so I guess I'm going to, I'm looking at my list right now. I, I don't know where to start because it's all weird. It's all different. I guess I'll start with the most fresh song in my head because it was just used in an episode of always sunny it's always sunny in philadelphia uh and i don't know if i've ever actually talked about Rose on this on the show i don't know if you have either but i know we're both fans of the band um yes yes we are i don't think we really have um i mean i'm a i wouldn't i can't admittedly say i'm a fan because i don't actively listen to them but i it's funny though because they they play the style of music that I was super into for a lot of years. Yeah, and I, and, and they were, and I've known the known about them, and I've heard them, but I, they've never actually been in my rotation. It's a band that I've always wanted to see and had an opportunity to see a few times, and like 
life gets in the way and it sucks because I feel like it'd be such an outer out of body experience because the the way the music or anything that sounds like Seguros, anything post rock or whatever shoegaze, whatever that genre is called, I just call it cinematic uh, cinematic music. It's because it, to me it's all cinematic, and I can always picture a scene or something that you can shoot and make it beautiful. So, uh, and the Sigurosa is actually a band that inspired me to get my first like real, like video camera, not like a video camera, just like a bigger, like a handheld, like a uh, camcorder, but like my first like professional style, uh, video camera, which is great. And, uh, cause I would see these like montages of, of, uh, people just shooting random things, people walking and stuff. And they like, it, it looked great. And I never knew that like film speed was a thing, like 24, like uh, 24 frames per second. And like, that's, yep. it's so beautiful in the way, um, everything shot in that. So I was like, Oh, I have to get a camera. That's like, they did. And it was because I was watching videos at Siguros. That's when I discovered them. So, but this song, I can't really pronounce it because it's, it's uh, Icelandic, but I'm going to try it. I think it's Varud. But I know it stands for caution. And it starts off with this like distorted piano. And it's got Jonesy's uh, you know, you know, uh iconic voice. And it invokes such an emotion in me when I first heard it back when this album came out. I'm gonna give you the album title because I think that is very important to know. It is Valtari. Yeah, Valtari. And it came out in 2012, May 28th, 2012. And it's a very, very, very epic album. And it was used in an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the season 13 finale. And it was used in a way that I never thought they would use something like that. And I never thought they would do like that in that show ever. But they managed to take one of the biggest risks of, I think, the show's history, other than being i mean i think taking a risk of being that like offensive and that uh out out of there you know what i mean um yeah i think this was even a bigger risk but i think it's a a risk that i applaud them for taking i don't want to ruin it because sean hasn't seen the episode but he does know that there's a dance involved but i'm not gonna tell him how it got there why it got there why it's happening but I really want to see it now. Yeah, like, real bad. It's an emo- I'm probably gonna watch it today. Good, good. You need to let me know when you do because the music fits the dance well. It's an interpretation dance. And oh god, yeah. And is it funny? No, it's not. Not at all. So hold on. No, I'll just watch it. But I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you this: the whole episode is funny up until this point, and it turns like a 180 and does something that always sunny doesn't do and the characters that are in this scene mac is one of them obviously but the other two um delivered a really great especially the one delivers a great performance and the whole episode is i could tell you the the synopsis of the episode it's it's uh it's mac trying to fit in in this world that he now is in, he's, you know, he's openly gay now and he's trying to fit into this world and, and it's bothering him that he doesn't know where he belongs. Like, and, and Frank is trying to help him figure that out because they're doing a, a, uh, a gay pride parade float to bring in more, uh, LGBT people. And 
it's ridiculous because you know it's Frank. He's an old fucking. He's an old asshole. So yeah, he's gonna fuck everything up. But it, the way they tie it up at the end, man, it's ah, uh, I couldn't believe it. I sat here. I was watching it on my phone on FX now, and because I was tired and I wasn't feeling good this week. And I was just laying there and watching it, and I just couldn't believe it. So I watched it a whole bunch of times. I talked about it on the G-Rod show. And the choice of music, obviously, because this is a music show, shouldn't be talking about TV, is the Siguro song. And it's it's perfect. And invo- I teared up. It was that beautiful. And, you know, I'm a straight man. I'm not a gay man. But, like, just Max Journey up until this point, and for him to do something like that, uh, put it out on the line there, and without getting too much spoilerly, um, it's beautiful. And they picked a really good song and it, and it, and it definitely invokes the emotion and, uh, it's beautiful. So check it yeah. out. Uh, both the, the episode and the song, I think you guys will enjoy. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny how I said like, you know, cigarettes has never really been in my rotation. Like what I mean by that is like, I know a bunch of people that like them. I realize that I probably would like them if I actually just looked them up on Apple music and downloaded a couple records and, you know, just let them play. But for some reason over the course of the past, like, I don't know, 15 years that I or so that I've known about them, it just hasn't happened. Like, and I have no excuse, you know? Well, to be honest, I don't think Sigaros is a band that you just like throw on and work your day. (laughs) <laughs> like, I think it's a band that you right, have to yeah. sit down and kind of just enjoy the full. They're a full experience band, especially if you see them live. I've seen the, you know, videos on YouTube and then they put out a DVD a while back. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's a full experience you have to give your whole attention to. It's like any kind of those, any type of those bands, Caspian, uh, Explosions in the Sky, anything like that. This you will know. destroy you. Uh, yep, yep. Yeah. There's another one I like. I love all those guys. Um yeah, I used the song from Explosions in the Sky for my movie, my short film that I did. Uh, so I, I love this kind of music, but it like I don't find myself sitting down listening to that kind of music unless I'm totally focused on it or I'm cre- trying to like write something like, dude, I'll put them on when I'm like doing the dishes. It's because I have because I have um the earth. Uh, the I think it's the earth is not a cold, dead place okay. on uh, vinyl. OK. And, uh, yeah, I'll put stuff like that on, like, if, you know, I have the day off, like, this morning, uh, I'll just put, like, a vinyl on and, like, do the dishes, make some coffee, you know? Love that stuff. Yes, I like doing dishes and coffee. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Uh, yeah, so my next jam would be a band called Sea in the Sky, uh, a song off the, their second record called uh, Night Anchor. The song is awesome. It, they're so good, and I've been trying to get people into them on Facebook. Just like, yo, this band Sea in the Sky is sick. Like, if you're sleeping on them, you're fucking up. But dead serious. They're really good. They're like, I can't even... Like, the guitar player uses a seven-string, but it's not, like, heavy music, and there's no screaming in it. The singer's voice is really good, but I just found out the other day that their singer quit the band. Oh, no. It's an amicable, like, it, it, was, it was amicable. Like, they're all still really good friends. He just wants to go in a different direction, apparently. Okay. Um, and they're looking for a new singer. 
but dude, the guy they had was really good. So like the they have two records. One's called uh, the Visions EP, and that's more of like a like a genty kind of record. Uh, it, there's no screaming, so it's kind of like a, a like seven string pop metal. Okay, but not pop. It, it's it's like if Glassjaw used seven strings and sounded more modern, almost. I'll have to check these and guys out. And then yeah. their 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 next record is a little bit more mature, and uh, it's. It's fantastic. I've been jamming them for months now. Uh, I found out about them because I was looking up Kiesel guitar reviews because I'm looking into getting one. And I saw in one of the related videos, just like one of their uh, music videos. And I was like, oh, the dude's a Kiesel player. Okay. And the, the song just blew me away. And uh, I looked up their albums on Apple Music and I've been just jamming them forever now. Oh. Uh, yeah, they're called Seeing the Sky. Definitely check them out. They'll be playing under this whole thing anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't wait to hear them. Uh, I, I uh, always like look at people who play seven string guitars. Like, you're crazy. I don't know. It's something about it's 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 different. If like as far as like feeling. Yeah. Like, cause I used to have one, but once you get used to it, it's the same thing. Just more notes. Gotcha. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can play like one song on the guitar. I should have stuck with it and I still have time. I can always try to learn still, you know, I, you, people who make excuses, they're like, Oh, I'm just getting old now. I don't, I shouldn't do it. Like, no, like you have, you can learn guitar at 50 if you wanted to. Like, it's just, you know, I know I'm not going to go out and start playing in a band or whatever, but just an, I like to like learn the kind of stuff that I enjoy listening to. So it'd, it'd be really cool to try that. So, um, I just find anyone who plays guitar to be awesome just cause it's, it's such a, uh, intense to me, it's intense to play stuff, especially stuff that you listen to. Um, so <laughs> I'll have to definitely check out this band. And- I mean, t- dude, to be honest with you, most of the time when I play guitar, I'm, I'm, li- I'm texting you these albums right now, actually, just so you actually listen to them cause they're, it, they're awesome. But yeah, anyway, what I was saying is. Like, I don't know, most of the time I play guitar, dude, I'm just sitting on my couch with my guitar, just playing, like, blues scales and stuff, and, like, I'll, I'll be sitting there just, I'll be sitting there actively watching, like, TV, and with my guitar in my hand, just playing, like, not nonsense, but not anything in particular, just making stuff up as I go. It's more of, like, a, like, a dexterity exercise, like, um... Like making sh- without paying attention, making sure I'm picking the same note I'm fretting. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, yeah. But you're always like, you know, you're always playing. You're always keeping your hands going, and and so it's it sticks with you. I wish I would have done that when I was learning, just to kind of make sure that I would never lose the like, you know, the the beginners, I guess, way of playing. Because I don't know. I was there's there's a definite wall with um when you first start out uh there's like it feels insurmountable because you have so much to learn and the stuff you're listening to feels so hard and impossible to play but there's like a point you get to to where you're like oh this is fun now yeah 
Like, this is just something like, like, yeah, there's things that I still have to learn and I'm not the best guitar player in the world, but like, you know, it's, it's just fun for me to do. Like, dude, I'm 31. I'm not trying to be in a band anymore. Like, yeah. you know, like I, I just want to play guitar cause I like playing guitar. I dig it. And you know, but like, it's also at the same time, like if you ever wanted to put music out, I mean, you have the means to do so. Like, it's easy to put stuff out now. And yeah, I mean, like there's definite days where I have a day, a day off and I'll, I'll program some drums and then I'll write guitar stuff over it and, you know, demo some stuff out. It's just ideas for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, in case you ever want to, you know, yeah. Like if anybody's ever like, oh, you want to jam and we actually do gel, like I'll be like, Hey, I have these songs, you know, yeah. or I have these ideas, you know? So it's mostly like, um, it's kind of, it's just a musical voice memo. I, I it's like, like a musical it. journal. It's like a musical journal. Okay. You know, it's, it's jotting down your ideas so you don't forget them. And it's, uh, it's funny that you say that cause the intro, the, the song that uh, you hear before every episode is Sean, that's all him. So that, that, that was, that was one of those musical journal things. Like I literally sat down and. I was like, I don't feel like playing in standard. I'll play in drop D. I want to play like, you know, heavier stuff, I guess. And <laughs> I put, I put together a drum beat, like of like a very basic drum beat and just started playing over it. And then that came out. And then I actually had borrowed a bass from somebody and put a bass part to it. I'm not a bass player. So literally, uh, that's that recording is the first time I've ever actually tried to record myself playing bass and probably the third time I've ever actually played bass in my life. I dig it. (laughs) So it was literally just like, Oh, I have an idea. It's like, I'll just jam to this idea. And then we were like, Oh crap, we need like a, uh, an intro for the podcast. So I tried to write a couple of things and they just didn't feel right. And then I was, I just threw that one in front of it one day after when I was editing one of our shows, I was like, Oh crap, that's kind of perfect. <laughs> it fits so well. I, I love it. I, I definitely, I like how the show ends with it too. So it's, it's perfect. Yeah. Um. Okay. Second song. So my next song is a band that I saw recently. Um, the next two songs that I will talk about. So after Sean goes after me now, uh, the same concert. It was the Mike Shinoda uh, concert that I got to go to out of out of the blue, which was which was great. Um, and this was the band that opened for him. The band's called Don Brocco, and the song is called Everybody, and it's off their album Technology. And I, uh, this is the song that they opened with, and it's I, I really enjoy it. It's heavy. Uh, it's it's not like metal, but it's just it's a heavy song. It's fun to like bounce to. Um, I really enjoyed their set, and this is how they opened it. So it was like it was a great way to open. Um, and surprisingly, you know, it's it's interesting when you go to shows and, you know, the, the opening band is playing and there's not there's people that are enjoying it. But like, you know, it's the opener. We're there to see the, you know, the 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 headliner. But for me, I always like seeing the opening bands. I like discovering stuff. Yep. There was a lot of people in that crowd at the Fillmore, by the way, one of the best venues I've seen or been to that knew who these guys were. And 
it made their set even better, I think, because there was a lot. There was two guys in front of us that were going nuts, and then like further closer closer to the stage, there was a lot more people dancing and screaming, and 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 it was awesome. And uh, there's a song that they do called the T-shirt song or whatever, and it's like he tells the story uh, before the song, like you know he had a really bad breakup, his boys took him out to this club or he called it a disco and uh because they're english and uh you know somehow they ended up with their shirts off in this disco and going crazy and spinning them around just like idiots drunk idiots so they wrote a song about it so there's a whole bunch of people in the front row like in the fr- first front row like jumping with random t-shirts that they they had with them which is when you have that many people at a, a concert that you know probably wouldn't be listening to that kind of music or if they do like they i don't know it, it was just a strange but like really awesome time and i like this band they're they're it took me a while to like kind of warm up to them like listening to their like recorded stuff their studio stuff but uh i really enjoyed the song very much and i think i'm trying to figure out why that name is don brocco like that's a weird band name but <laughs> does it really matter probably not so i can't really describe what kind of music they are like i had made a joke um that actually yeah i've never heard them i i made a joke uh when i was standing there with my friend after they stopped playing i was like i was like bro metal <laughs> like i don't even know how to like really like bro metal <laughs> and then the two girls in front of us like started saying it because they heard me say it and i was really mad but <laughs> you know stop stealing my shit but um yeah, they're like bro, man. Like, cause I felt like it was just a bunch of bros dancing around and having a good time. But like, they're they're a good they're a good band. I mean, I wouldn't say that I go like out of my way to listen to them all the time, but I thought it was worth talking about because the show was great. Wait, are they are they like municipal waste? No, no. Cause that's like that's like bro metal. Like that's like drinking beer, partying metal. Uh, cause I wouldn't even get I like. But the, here's the thing. Like when I say bro metal, I'm I'm just like. It's, they're not really metal. You would have to listen to them to really understand what I'm trying to... It's, it's weird, Like, but I just call it bro metal because I feel like bro metal isn't as heavy as real metal and they're, they're not screaming or... Maybe hipster rock? I don't know. I, they're... they're See, uh, hips. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now let's move on because I'm going to get all tongue tied <laughs> and trying to describe who these guys are, but they're good. Check them out. You might like them. You might not, but hey, it's new music. Check them out and... Uh, um, on the, on that note, I do have to say that if this is your first time listening, uh, you're hearing the song that we're tongue-tied about right now, and that's because we're not actively listening to it while we're talking about it. I plug them in afterwards and fade them in at the right time so you guys can hear it. And at the same time, when I go to edit it, I can hear stuff that Glenn maybe hasn't, that I haven't heard that Glenn's been talking about, and then I send him my list so he can do the same thing. So... Sometimes we actually discover new music ourselves on here via each other. Yep. But yeah, anyway, with that said, the next song on my list would be a band called Cianvar, a song called Stay Lost. This band is um, one of Will Swan from Dance Gavin Dance. Uh, He's the guitar player, Dance Gavin Dance. It's one of his side projects, Uh, one of his seven trillion side projects that he's in. Um, He's a very prolific songwriter he puts out a lot of stuff uh the song is incredible uh the whole album's really good and the best way i can describe this band is it sounds like dance gavin dance 
but without the screaming parts. Less unnecessary, shreddy kind of stuff with the dueling guitars. Okay. And it also sounds like if Dance Gavin Dance started doing all those things and had a baby with Circus Survive. Ah. Because the singer of this band is the singer that was on Dance Gavin Dance's Happiness album. Okay. When uh, one of the times Johnny Craig left the band, they got this guy to replace him and they put an album out. And then that guy was in a band called Hail the Sun, who's still out and they're incredible. They actually have a new album that just came out. You should check it out. Um, so yeah, I guess Will and him have stayed friends and yeah, apparently Cianvar is writing a new record right now. Um, yeah, I actually can't wait to hear it, but you will definitely think that the singer of this band is Anthony Green. Interesting. Sometimes. Interesting. Uh, so Anthony Green's you voice will, is really great. You will think it is him. Interesting. I'll have to definitely check him out. And what? So, how do you spell that name? Like, I know, I know you'll send that to me, but like, what? Yeah. Uh, so, is Cianvar is S I A N V A R. Okay, that's an interesting title. Interesting name. Yeah, I'm not sure if I am pronouncing it correctly, but on paper, that's what it looks like. Cianvar. I like it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a really cool album. The album cover is really, really sick, too. Uh, the artwork's cool. But yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Other than the fact that, honestly, I probably wouldn't have gotten into them if I was, you know, I'm a big fan of Kiesel Custom Guitars, and um, they just signed Will Swan from Dance Gavin Dance as an artist. So he's playing their guitars now, so I looked up some of his side projects, and I found Cianvar, and... That's how that happened. What's going on, True Believers? Before we get right back to the show, I want to sit you down to talk about Vinyl Me Please. Now, Vinyl Me Please is a vinyl record of the month club. It's the best record club. I'm not lying. They are the best. Trust me. Because each month, Vinyl Me Please features one album that is essential to the modern vinyl collection and sends it to thousands of members worldwide. That's a lot of people. The resurgence of vinyl is even better than I ever imagined. And I know I'm a vinyl collector and I know a lot of you out there that are listening collect vinyl. But if you don't and you want to get into it, this is the club to sign up for. Now, what do you get in the box and what comes with this whole record of the month thing? Well, we celebrate one incredible vinyl record each month and send an exclusive pressing of it to you right to your door. And they also include an original 12 by 12 album inspired art print and a paired cocktail recipe to sweeten the deal even more. If you're like me and you listen to music all the time, every time before you go to bed, I like to have a little drink before I go to bed and I listen to some music and I put on a record and I just lean back and relax. So you get some amazing things in this, but not to mention the record that you get is a special edition vinyl that you cannot find anywhere else. They work with the label and work with the artist to come up with something special and something you cannot find in stores anywhere in the world. We're talking colored vinyl, custom lyric books, exclusive artwork, personal notes from the artist, and much, much more. The only thing that you won't surprise you each month is how much you end up loving the music itself. And that is the truth. Now, if you want to join this club, which I hope you do, go to joinvmp.com slash songs podcast. And again, that is joinvmp.com 
facebook.com slash songs podcast to join vinyl me please today and then let's get back to the show so behemoth the mighty behemoth came out with a new record uh recently um they've been on tour uh for the last month i just missed them in philly they played last friday which sucks because i really wanted to see them uh the album is called i loved you at your darkest and the song is called wolves of siberia and i love how they always spell of it's spelt like alistair crawley would spell love or of uh ov and um oh you know because yeah this album's been getting a lot of love lately i haven't heard it yet but i've i've heard people talking about it uh it is definitely a great successor to the satanist which was their best record in my opinion and they've grown from pure black metal to uh jeez what would you call them now like blackened blackened uh death metal i guess you could say i don't know i haven't listened to behemoth in a i mean so when you say behemoth i'm thinking like straight up fucking black metal yeah i mean you know what i mean <laughs> so they have they have a really extensive like discography i mean i'm not saying like except I mean, like they have a lot of records but it's more of their sound changes a lot they they kind of like uh what's the word um they mature i guess or they just like try to take different routes and not trying to say the same every time they don't want to write the same album twice yeah so back like their 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 pure black metal days they were um or the albums that if you want to listen to their pure black metal it's thy winter kingdom and the other one is from the pagan vast lands so that's i mean if you listen to those if you hear those titles out loud you're like yeah that's definitely black metal but like out of recent years like uh evan angel on uh the satanists uh demononica like those those records are definitely like more towards like black and death metal and the satanist was such a masterpiece and it was written right after uh nurgle the the, the lead singer the front man uh won his battle with leukemia so it was very personal for him the, the album and it was like a lot of like describing his feelings with like religion and what he was going through and it was just a very intense album and it starts off with uh blow your trumpets uh, Ga- uh blow your trumpets gabriel and it's just the first lines of the song you're just like okay this is we're in this now and when the hype began for their new album everyone was talking about how you know is it going to top satanist it's not going to top satanist but there's a lot of people saying that it did and that's interesting to me and I listened to the whole album. It is definitely different. It's definitely a worthy uh, uh, successor, but I don't know if it topped it for me because the Satanist, to me, was the first time I really got into Behemoth. I'm not going to lie. I'm not saying I'm not going to tell you that I I've known them since uh, Pagan Vastlands, but uh, I, I love the Satanist and it was great. But this song is is you know typical Behemoth, but more mature. This album is great. You should definitely check it out. Uh, and their music videos for these songs are epic. They really put a lot of thought. There's a lot of imagery, a lot of uh, a lot of story. And Nurgle is one of the I coolest mean, dudes. That's the genre, though, too. Yeah. Like, the, 
it's funny because a lot of people that aren't into that kind of music would look at that and be like, oh, that's so fucking stupid and silly. And da, da, da. it's like, dude, you like, that's a lot. They fucking work their asses off on that imagery and that whole shtick. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. I mean, and it's so black metal. Not to get into a history lesson, but for people who don't know, like black metal started as this exclusive uh, genre to a few people in Norway. You know, uh, technically, people say black metal started with Venom, but Venom was from Britain. They're, they don't really live the gimmick these guys in Norway did. And back in the day, there was a lot of, uh, oh, what would you say, like Nazism, Nazism, uh, Nazi type uh, imagery. Their lyrics were kind of like just a fuck you to everyone. So, of course, they're going to be uh, controversial and stuff. And there was a lot of like a lot of craziness happening in that scene with bands like Mayhem and uh um Burzum and Dark Throne and and groups like that and a, a band called um Emperor uh the Emperor's drummer killed a, a gay man uh a lot of people uh, burned down churches in Norway uh the lead singer of Burzum killed the founder of Mayhem out of uh self defense but there was a lot of jealousy and a whole there's a whole bunch of stuff uh the original lead singer of mayhem committed suicide and they used uh a picture of uh, where he killed himself as an album cover and some of the members like kept pieces of his of his skull and wore it as a necklace this is all true by the way <laughs> it sounds ridiculous but it's true so it's true um the norwegian black metal scene was like this in- exclusive chaos i guess you can say but like it's grown and bands like behemoth that come out of poland you have bands like cradle of filth that take that black metal like imagery and songwriting and turn it into this grand opera like <laughs> opera type style of music like symphonic black metal with them and Dimu Borgir and there's just so many different like subgenres of black metal where people are like is this still black metal I still believe it is it's just you know you can't rely on the same sound over and over again to me and I, I feel like when you mature and get older and you and you play your 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 talent is getting better you definitely want to you know experiment with other things and there's American black metal that's great, you know, like Wolves in the Throne Room. Awesome. <laughs> you know, great band. So <laughs> that's who I think that's who Behemoth was playing with, too, by the way. And that's why, why I was really upset because I really wanted to see them, too. So but anyway, uh, enough of the history lesson of black metal. There you go. I'm terrible at describing things, but it's OK. Uh, check out Behemoth's Wolves of Siberia. It's good. Uh, yeah, this next one for me is a band called Victoria, song called Modern Value. Uh, the album is of the same name. And this is the drummer of Animals' Leaders side project with, like, I think it's, like, one of his best friends uh, who's the guitar player. And it's not super heavy. Um, or anything. It's the, If you're a drummer, you're going to love this album. It's amazing. The drums sound really good. He's probably one of the best drummers in the game right now. Um, and he's young. He's like in his 20s. Uh, it's Sometimes it's kind of like progressive jazz, fusion, 
Um, sometimes there's a little bit of metal riffage, but it's not a lot. Um, yeah, just, I, I don't really have a ton to say. My brother-in-law showed me this band when I was actually just in vacation, on vacation in Rhode Island. Okay. Because um, he's into the same kind of music I am. And he was like, yo, did you hear his new side project, Victoria? I had no idea who it was, and he put him on, and my jaw just dropped. Like That's the kind of music I like, man. Like when, <laughs> when music is able to make me do that, yeah. Because <laughs> he was just like, it's the drummer of Animals as Leaders, so the first thing I was listening to was the drums, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, oh my God, he, he's so good. I dig it. I dig it a lot. Uh, I'll have to definitely check. I, I love bands that have amazing drummers. Uh, drums, to me... I mean, they're the timing of the of the whole band, wouldn't you say? Like, I'm right on that. The backbone. Yeah, the backbone. The drum and the bass are the backbone of the whole band, man. Um, and it's funny because we used to make <laughs> inside jokes back in the day. Oh, because of the Norse Because of the Norse. <laughs> I knew you were going to do it. Like, I don't even have to say. I could have just, like, alluded to it, and you got it. Nobody takes pictures of drummers, but no, they're the most one of the most important things in the band. And uh, mm-hmm. I love watching drummers play and, and, and seeing how they, you know, um, there's. I love the drummers that play barefooted. Uh, the drummer for Ghost plays barefooted. It's the drummer from a lot of guys do. It's great. It's a it. I don't know for some reason it just makes me feel like it's easier for them to do that, right? Or is it just because it's just comfortability? Um, uh, some dudes are just more comfortable that way. I mean, I mean, it, some dudes say like the weight of their shoes messes up um, the way that their foot interacts with the pedal. Uh, some of them, honestly, it could be something as simple as they started playing that way. You know, the first time they had a drum, they, they found a drum set like at their friend's house or something. They didn't have shoes on and that's just how they played. Like okay. it could be something that simple, but I mean, I do know a lot of the, uh, faster techniques like the, uh, the double kick stuff. Uh, there's a heel toe method on how they do that so quickly. Um, so it's kind of based on like they, they push their foot down to smack the beater on the, the head of the drum. And then when it rebounds, they kind of flick the pedal again, uh, with their toe. Okay. So it's like heel down, heel up and then flick the toe. And it's that motion extremely fast over and over that they get those really fast, like double kick runs with. Interesting. See that yeah. stuff that it blows me away. Like there's cool techniques like that, and uh, I don't know. I always found it interesting that guys play without their uh, their shoes because I know, like I said, the ghost drummer does. Um, the guy from AWOL Nation, I forget his name. I think it's Hayden something. Um, and just and also, I mean, their feet have to get sweaty in shoes if you think about it, man. Oh yeah, yeah. My feet and get sweaty. You don't, in shoes you don't want a pair of stinky shoes on tour with you. Exactly. Oh yeah, I know that for a fact. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, some of those days on that bus, man, or in that RV too for wayfaring. Ugh. Um, and I mean, you got to think like a lot of drummers wear like no shirt and some like like a, like the drummer from I think like Misery Signals. He that dude plays in like 1970s short short basketball shorts with no shirt on and no shoes. Yeah, that's you know what I mean. <laughs> like, there's a lot of body moving for you for, for the, just sitting. Dude is oh, dude's almost naked. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And he. But at the same time, in like metal music, the drummer is extremely busy and he's probably getting very tired. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you know, super sweaty. So, hmm, interesting. Well, uh, the next song for me, 
is I'm going to keep the, the Mike Shinoda song for last because there's a whole story with that. Uh, this band's called Cigarettes After Sex. This song's called Apocalypse. I found this on a playlist on Spotify because that's what I'm currently been using is Spotify over Apple Music, which I think I'll switch back after. Um, I like to go back and forth because there's... Wait, which one are you using? I'm right using now? Spotify right now. Uh, what don't you like about Spotify versus Apple Music? There's some song. There's some albums that are on that are not on Spotify that are on Apple Music. Like, um, well, there's vice versa too. Okay, that sucks. I don't know. Yeah, I, I know. I like the idea that having the, the the app already pre on the phone, like Apple Music, is just the music app. Um, yeah. <laughs> though I have no problem with space on my phone. Um, because, you know, I upload all my pictures to the cloud, so they're never stuck on here. Uh, mm-hmm. I just like to have that extra space for other stuff. But um, I don't know. I'll, I guess there's pros and cons to both. I mean, I can't find um, the places you come to fear the most by Dashboard on Spotify. It's not on there. It sucks. I like that okay. album. <laughs> like, that's one of my go-to dashboard albums. It's not on there. I don't know if it's on Apple Music. You know, I think it might be actually. And if it's not, so you, then you, you want to know why I am Team Apple Music? Go for it. So when I go into my artists on Spotify, right? Yeah. When I click on an artist, I am expecting like any user interface you expect to see to see a list of that artist's albums in chronological order, right? Okay. Or alphabetical order. But instead, I am greeted with random top shuffle. You can shuffle play a random picture, and then I have to scroll to the right through this little thing that says releases, and then it's just a whole artist profile. I don't want that. Apple Music, I click on an artist, it shows me the albums I have. If I want to see more, I can click see in Apple Music and it shows me all their stuff. It's just organized way, way better. Okay. That's the one thing that gets me about Spotify is they've always had a problem with like, like before you used to click on an artist and it used to just show you a list of the songs that you had from them in a chronological order of when you downloaded them. Interesting. And there was no way to filter it. Is that, no way to resort it. Was that the 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 app or the the computer or like the the uh, the app? The app. Okay. The app. The one thing I will say about Spotify is I I can't even understand from a business standpoint how they can offer the desktop app with all the premium features for free. Like you can listen to any song by any band on it, like pretty much any album without paying a dime. It's the truth. It's the ads though, because they kill you with ads. Like every two songs, it's like three ads. How much could they possibly be making on that though? Like, like who's buying anything off of Spotify ads? Yeah, it's true. I don't know. It's, a, it's an inter- <laughs> I, that's something we should talk about one day. Like that'd be interesting. I'm looking at uh, Spotify right now on the phone. So yeah, as as the the. The band's picture, the name, how many monthly listens they get, the shuffle play button, um, the artist pick, which I guess they sometimes the artists have their own playlist that they make, um, and then there's um, tour dates. It's it's too much to look at. Show me what releases they have. Show me what I have on my phone first, and then everything after that is stuff I haven't actually downloaded. Like I don't know. The interface needs work. And then it goes the popular songs that people play from them. 
And then fans also like then on tour again. Well, I think the artist's pick is just whatever they want to put on top and on tour and then albums, singles, uh, singles and EPs, and then artist playlists if they appear on any playlists, uh, songs that feature them or, fe- or anything that features them, and then where you can buy like merch from here and stuff. And then there's like the abouts at the bottom. So, yeah, there's a lot to look at. I mean, that doesn't really bother me as much, but I get why it would bother some people. So, because uh, I'm I'm a big like I'll just download a whole album. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't like to stream a lot of my music because I don't have unlimited data. <laughs> no, I feel like I'm right there too. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that that's just a personal preference. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, so I found this song to get back to the one I was talking about on a playlist called I'm gonna pull it up here. It is called. Where are you, buddy? That's not it. That's not it. They're peaceful indie ambient. And it, I don't know. It's a great song. It's like lo-fi. Like it's slow rock. The guy's voice is very like dreary, dreamy type, you know, and the music's like, I don't know. It's really hard to explain. And there's some songs that you just can't explain how they sound. You just have to listen to them and you're listening to them right now. But I love the lyrics to this. Uh, it's about getting hooked to hook, hook, hooked on someone that you meet and you end up falling for them or whatever. But it's like a little bit more deeper than that. And I, when I was listening to it, I pictured a whole like music video in my head. I don't even know if they have a music video for this song or not. I don't even bother to go look if they do. But I like everything about this band and like the way that they their like album art is. It's very like minimalistic black with white letters just like you know you're not really you're you're telling a story without telling without telling anything i think that's a pretty cool you know that's a pretty cool thing and some people might say they're pretentious i get it i totally understand but the song got me hooked on them i listen to them a lot and that's an interesting band name cigarettes after sex like it's just different to me and um it definitely could fit into like hipster rock for sure (laughs) it's definitely (laughs) hipster rock it definitely definitely is and I'm not saying like Don Brocco hipster rock. I mean, this is like, I feel like this is the stuff that hipsters listen to all the time. Uh, I'm, I guess I am a hipster, so it makes sense. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so my next song, actually my last song, I do have a bonus. Um, it's a whole album, but I'm not going to say what it is yet. Okay. Uh, my next song is Polyphia. The song, I think it's, Spelled Y A S, so it's like sassy way to say yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, and it's featuring the guitar players from Chant, Mario and Eric. Oh, okay. So, um, can I real quick? I saw a uh, a trailer type thing, like a trailer about them going on uh, uh, Chan going on tour, and yeah, I I loved the trailer so much that I I, I listened to them every once in a blue moon. And I think you put mm-hmm. a song. I think one of the last episodes we did, you had a Chanza on there. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, no problem, man. <laughs> They're rad. They're really fucking good. Um, yeah, but this uh, this new stuff that Polyphia is putting out, um, it's like hip hop, pop, guitar driven music. It's a new sound. Okay, like they're. Dude, like, they have a whole, you know, a shtick about their, like, social media presence, I guess, where they're, like, super vain, you know, 
Like they know they're the shit. They know they're really talented. Um, you know, they drink, they smoke weed, whatever. Like <laughs> they, they, they're like really over the top with it, but apparently they're like actually really nice dudes in real life. Like they just, it's just like a joke. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. To be like dickheads about like their talent and stuff. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the song's really, really good. Um, it, it, like if you like beat driven music, like hip hop or elect, like dance music or electronica, you're really going to dig this. It's like it it's totally different um they started out as like a freaking like a death metal band and now they're <laughs> doing like they're they're making like a new sound i gotta give them credit you know hey i mean it, like we were talking i mean i i think i've said it about four times today uh, the maturity of bands that they they i don't know maybe it's not even mature maybe it's like the word i'm looking for is um like branching off into new things, uh, taking risks, whatever. Um, bands can get away with that, and and if they do it well, I mean they 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 keep their fans listening. I mean, there's always going to be them group of fans like, oh, this is not the same band anymore. I don't like them. Like, I hate that. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I get if you don't like it, but don't be like one of those guys that you know. There, there's a there's a group of there's a subsection of fans of Ghosts that are like they don't sound evil anymore. They're like very poppy now. Like. Well, that's because that's the story Tobias is trying to tell. And, like, they're getting so big. And, like, they, you know, they went from small clubs to arenas now. And that's the kind of music they're going to be playing. They're going to play music arena rock. And it's theatrics. Right. And if, if, you don't, if you don't try to, like, reinvent yourself, you just get stale, you know? Or, and bored. Yeah, exactly. Like, the worst thing in the world is having to write the same album multiple times. Like, nobody wants to do that. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's like when... That's why sophomore albums are always make it or break it for new bands. Yeah. Because like, if you're a new band and you have an album that does very well, your next release, 90% of the time people aren't are, are going to think it's not as good. Exactly. And it's pretty rare that that sophomore album comes out and is better in the eyes of people that liked that first record. Agreed. It's like when I tell people... When they listen to One More Light by Lincoln Park and then I like read uh, reviews on it and watch reviews on it from YouTube and they're like, and everyone mentions they don't sound like hybrid theory anymore. Like, well, obviously they don't, they haven't sounded like hybrid theory since uh, the third album. I wouldn't even say the second album even sounded like hybrid theory. Like, me, no, it didn't. Meteora like grew, they grew very much in that, in that second album. Like you said, sophomore album. Yeah. So it's like, and that made that band because that band was one of the most, I guess, in that genre, the one of the, if not the, the band that lasted out of everyone, to be honest, other than Corn, <laughs> you know. Nah, dude, Deftones. Oh, that's right. Everybody, every, everybody always forgets. Deftones is like what I say about them is they're the biggest underground band on the planet. I like that because no, like everybody forgets they were one of the big three quote new metal bands it was corn limp biscuit and deftones they all came up at the same time and kind of got that really big first album caught on fire all of like around the same time you know but deftones took that hard left on the next two albums which why they're still still like i mean they're all the other two are really like big still but like deftones kind of has a i would say a more um, 
diverse collection of records that their discography is different. And the, I don't know. I think they, if you, if you ask me who do I want to listen to out of those three now, well, it's an easy answer. And it's not because Fred Durst sucks or, or Jonathan Davis is weird to me. It's just the musically, I like Deftones better. Yeah, because they didn't they didn't play into the whole this is your sound now game that happens when you get signed to a major label. They were like, well, no, we're gonna we're gonna write what we think is cool. And if people like it, then that's cool. But we're not gonna sit here and try to write adrenaline six more times to write our contract out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's why I always say when people talk about Lincoln Park, I'm like, listen to their albums, man. They sound, they're all different. And then they, they took that left too. You know, yeah, they have the, the, um, the foundations of Lincoln Park, like the hip hop sound, Chester's, you know, loud vocals, diverse vocals, mm-hmm. but like a thousand sons and up. They all, it's like different. And especially One More Light. One More Light was, I can use mature and One More Light. Was mat- one More Light was very mature, very down to earth. A lot of personal anguish yeah. in that album. And it, it's nuts because I remember watching interviews with Chester and, her and, and you know, he's getting mad that everyone's like, you know, he keeps saying, we're not writing another hybrid theory, so shut the fuck up, <laughs> you know? And yeah. it, it's, it's, it's crazy, you know? And it's, and not to get in this long conversation, it's just bands that I know have been coming out with new music that are from that time period. It's like Slipknot just came out with a new song that sounds... Yo, that song rules, Yeah, doesn't dude. it? I fucking love it. They're back, yeah. dude. They're back. Like, this is... The, that shit sounds like the self-titled days. Self-titled Iowa. You know, Iowa's my favorite, but... Uh, and that, again, like you said, sophomore album, like, that would make or break them, and Iowa was just so dark, and I love it. But yeah, that new song is definitely self-titled feeling... Um, it's funny that you brought Slipknot up because I watched, um, an hour long documentary on YouTube called, uh, Jim Root, the sound and the story. It's about one of their guitar players. It was like, you know, it was just about, you know, his whole life, how he came up, how he started playing guitar, his first band he was in, how he met, uh, Corey and they started Stone Sour back in like 95 and then, Slipknot started and they needed a guitar player and he said no like three times but right before they released self-titled and they were recording it he said yes and then helped them finish recording it and then they went on tour and rest is history you know (laughs) almost 20 years later he's still doing that shit did did they touch on uh like why he got let go of stone sour or that at all whatever happened there what Jim Root got kicked out of Stone Sour? He hasn't Sour? been in Stone Sour for well, how long it's been? But it was it was a recent thing. It was like the last huh. four years. No, maybe? yeah, no. I mean, this might have had this might have come out before that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He left. I mean, it was just like one of those like videos that like when you open up your Xbox, like oh, I think you might be interested in this, and I'm not sure if the uploaded because it said uploaded like two month four months ago. Gotcha. But it could have been a re-upload. Mm-hmm. Okay from some other channel or something. It's interesting too. Cause I was uh, not to get on a slipknot kick, but like, yeah, their new album's going to be coming out soon. And that song is amazing, which I'm surprised that we both liked that song. We didn't put it on our list, but yeah, <laughs> go, go, 
Yeah, I know. I'm surprised I didn't do that either. But dude, it, I was really hyped when I heard it because it's so sick. Like, I'm a big, uh, I was a big Slipknot fan. I still like them, but like, I was, I don't know. I don't know if you remember coming to, because coming to my house was like a rarity. It's like winning the lottery sometimes. Like, oh, we're going to Glenn's house this time. Oh, <laughs> and my room was just filled, filled up with posters from Hit Parader and it was all Slipknot stuff and Mudvayne, obviously, because I was weird back then. But, um, yeah. And the song's called All Out Life. It's great. Go check it out, guys. But uh, I was listening, or not listening, I was watching a video. I think it was from that Rockfeed channel. And they were talking about how Joey Jordison still writes songs for Slipknot, apparently. Yeah. That dude's super talented. He is an incredible drummer. He's a good guitar player. Like, he's an incredible songwriter. He's really good. Like, he's written a large amount of their material. And it's weird because he's not in the band anymore, and he hasn't been. And... It's like I thought there was like a big beef, but I guess there isn't just because he still writes songs for them. So he probably just didn't want to do it anymore. Apparently a lot of like um, after their bass player died, like a lot of shit changed for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 weird. I remember when that happened, it was like strange because I know he was a big yeah. part of that band and a big creative yeah, he force. He talks a lot. Jim Root talks a lot about that and that there's like a whole like probably probably five to eight minute section on that. And his perspective of it and stuff in that documentary. It's really cool. Um, he, uh, one more little tidbit about something, because I just find it interesting too, uh, since we're talking about Adam. Max Weinberg of, uh, of Bruce Springsteen and E Street Band, and of course he was the band leader for Conan's band, Conan O'Brien's show, when he was on NBC. His son's the drummer for his Knot, which is pretty cool. Jay Weinberg. Wait, what? Yeah. Yep. Yep, huh. yep, yep. I was I was like, huh, that's awesome. I heard Jay Weinberg's kind of a dick, but like other than that, that's just really cool trivia question, useless knowledge for you guys. He's, if he's playing drums for Slipknot, he's probably a sick drummer. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> but uh where are we on? Am I am I I guess it's my turn or is it your turn? Yeah, it's your last it's I think it's your last jaunt, or I can give my yeah, bonus. Yeah, give your bonus. I just I took the song that I took out and I'll be my bonus. So go for it. Okay. Uh yeah, my bonus is an album. Uh it's uh, by a guy named Andy James. Uh, the album's called Arrival. It's his new record. It's fucking awesome. It's uh, instrumental metal. Um, so if you know you don't like that screaming shit, don't worry about it. Um, dude's incredibly talented. He's been making music for a really long time. He's been doing guitar lessons and stuff. Um, yeah, check it out. Andy James Arrival. I remember seeing him. I think I found Andy James on YouTube uh, once. Yeah. And then I think you brought him and up again. Um, yeah, I, I think I think I, he was on my uh, list before. Um, yeah, he just released a new record. And he also is a uh, newly endorsed Kiesel artist in the past, like, six months. So There you go. I got to get that guitar company swallowing up so many good guitar players. <laughs> I'll have to check those the guitars out. Are they are they beautiful? Yeah, they're awesome, and, and they're just cool because they don't sell to dealers like retailers. So you have to buy direct from them, but it keeps the cost down because you know there's no price markup really from you know the guitar. You know they make the guitar, then they have to sell it to a dealer, and then the dealer has to sell it to a, a retailer. And there's price markups in every single part of that chain. So you can get like, you know, what would normally be considered like a $7,000 guitar, probably for three grand. Nice. And it's USA made. All righty then. Yeah. 
Uh, my last song. Well, I guess I'll do my bonus first, and I'll get into the whole Shinoda thing and how awesome it was. Uh, my bonus is Lost Boy by The Midnight. They just put out a new record not too long ago. Um, I think back in September or the beginning of October, and it's called Kids, and it's it's themed. Um, as a lot of their album or the last few have some kind of theme to them, this one is straight up like okay we're gonna we're gonna remind people of their childhood in the 80s like video games and and like being in a mall being a kid in the 80s like it's really i mean we grew up in the late 80s so we don't really know but like the people that lived in the mid to like you know were like kids like six seven years old just got Mm -hmm. that feeling and my the my roommate here i remember letting him listening to the the album when it came out when we were going to uh rehoboth beach to spend the day there um, him his girlfriend and i it was the first time i've ever been there too so it was pretty cool uh we listened to it and i just remember him like kind of just you could definitely tell it was hitting him and because he grew up in the 80s so the song is called lost boy it was the first single they put out and i love the lyrics that these two write um the duo that is the midnight uh they just they hit you right in the feels and they're synth waves, so of course, you know that's what you're going to get when you hear a Midnight record. Um, and I think they've gotten a lot better since their debut EP, which was just the Days of Thunder EP. They're more dynamic. Um, it's just really good. You just check it out. You're hearing it. Yeah, I have to check them out because it's been on my uh, like for you apple music feed and i just haven't checked it out yet i mean if you don't mind listening to synthwave like it's a definitely a a a style that you know it, it'll either you'll either really like it or you really won't um hmm. midnight uh bands like uh um fm84 time cop 1983 uh let's see um robert parker he's good uh, let's see. I'm just going down the list of people that I have. Uh, I love FM84. They're my second favorite group. And then there's a band called Gunship that everyone's into right now. Uh, they're super awesome. And they, I think we talked about one of their songs on an early episode. Yeah, we did. That John Carpenter was in, which is sweet. <laughs> so, but um, my last song, the song that was on my list before this bonus, was called "Hold It Together." It's off of the post-traumatic album that Mike Shinoda put out. If you don't know who Mike Shinoda is, he, uh, you know, the second right-hand man of uh, Lincoln Park. He's the rapper. He's the programmer. He does everything for that band. And um, he went out on his own again after Chester passed away. He put out an EP literally the day that I left to come back home. And it really, like, you could take a lot of the stuff that he's saying in the songs because it's dealing with death and loss. And you can, you know, kind of interpret that all you want in different ways and it really hit me after everything that happened in january with me and when he put out the full album uh in the middle of this year uh this is one of the songs that i really like the most and hearing it live i had to put it on this on this list uh basically saying you know i'm trying to hold my shit together keep my shit together you know through this really hard time and i'll tell you what man that show was great it was one of my favorite shows of the year that i've been to and i i been fortunate enough to go to a lot of concerts and my friend couldn't go my friend aunt shout out to aunt um he couldn't go and he was only he was just gonna go by himself 
and uh, he's just like, hey, you know, Merry Christmas, basically, you know, because I asked him <laughs> how much do you want for it? I'll pay for it. You know, I had a little extra money from some things I've been doing on the side. And I was just like, hey, I'll, I have a little extra money left over. Let's do this. And he's like, nah, man, just I wanted to go to someone who's a big fan of, you know, Lincoln Park as I was. And I know you are. So there you go. So I went and uh, I convinced my roommate to go pick up a ticket on StubHub for like $17. Uh, they went down drastically the day of the show, as they do sometimes. So mm. we went and we had a blast. That's where Don Bracco opened. And then they came out and they performed stuff from Fort Minor. They performed a few Lincoln Park songs. Of course, they have that little interlude in the, in the middle where they they play in the end, you know, on the piano, which was awesome and emotional. Um, they played uh, uh, Iridescent, which is my fair Lincoln, one of my fair Lincoln Park songs. Um, they surprised everyone at the end uh, with um, Running From My Shadow is the first live performance with, uh, what's his name, Grandson, which is the, the singer that's in the song with Mike. Um, and that that dude has so <laughs> much energy. Dude's like fucking jumping and running up the stage like a madman. He kind of reminds me of the lead singer of Zeal and Ardor to kind of look alike. Um, okay. But he's good too. His bands, I listened to his band because he was playing at the TLA down the street. So that's the only reason why that happened because just kind of worked out that way, which is really sweet. Um, his bands like electronic, like rock, like it's weird. I really enjoy them too. Um, but the the show was amazing. I, I couldn't have couldn't have uh, enjoyed it more. I mean, Frank Turner and the Menzingers are still my favorite my favorite show of the year. But this is definitely a close second. Um, just meant a lot to me being a fan of the band, you know, all those years and, uh, hearing some of those songs played and, um, great time, great, great time. Uh, and hearing some of the Fort Minor stuff too, which was awesome. Cause I don't think he toured with, I don't think he toured the Fort Minor project. So, uh, hearing some of the Fort Minor songs, like, uh, remember the name, uh, welcome, uh, what else did he do? Uh, where'd he go? Um, you know, just some of the bigger hits that he's done with that group. So it was cool. So yeah, uh, Mike Shinoda, hold it together. Check it out. Post-dramatic. Um, he's still on tour. He's playing Chicago tonight, I think tonight or tomorrow. I think it's tonight. Um, so, um, I think he's still on tour. So if you can catch him somewhere in the next month or so, check him out. So that's it. That's all. That's all yeah. we have for you today. That is all we have for you guys today, man. Uh, this list, this playlist, you can also access once you listen to this podcast by scrolling down to the show notes section and clicking on the appropriate Apple Music or Spotify link, whichever service you have to get playlists. Exactly. And hopefully by the time we post this for today, today's a Monday, it's the 12th of November, um, we'll be on a certain service where you can hear us. <laughs> so um, you'll be able yeah. to find us anywhere, but uh, there's a certain service we're aiming for. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I think you should probably already know what it is. If it's on Apple Music, it's the other one. So um, yeah, because we've been using <laughs> Spotify forever to do the playlist. It just makes sense that we're on there. I know. Um, I know. So we're just waiting word for that. And you can find me every Friday live on twitch.tv slash the G-Rod show for the G-Rod show. And you can subscribe everywhere for the audio version of that. Um, starting this Wednesday. So, you know, two days from now or one day from now, whatever you want to call it. Um, 
Pot of Horror. It's my horror podcast where I talk about one horror movie a week. Sometimes I have a guest, sometimes I don't, depending on, you know, if I have a guest, they're bringing the movie, I watch it, and we talk about it. Uh, the first two movies, the, I, I would say I was going to announce it on something, so I'm going to announce it here. If you, Obviously, if you listen to this, you're probably going to listen to the other thing, too. So you're going to get a two-episode debut on Wednesday. Um, you can hear the first movie is called Fender Bender, which is a tribute to 80 slashers. Um, and the second movie is uh, Summer of 84, featuring Chris Phoenix, um, who helps me with the G-Rod show and uh, who co-hosts with me. And um, you've heard him all over the wrestling stuff that we've, I've done in the past. So uh, he's not a big horror movie fan. So when he watched it, he really enjoyed it. So it was really cool to kind of bring someone into the genre that's not a fan of it. So check that out. You can find me on Twitter at Real G-Rod, of course. And Sean, you want to promote your Twitter? Uh, yeah, my Twitter is at Sean Songscast as well as my Instagram. Um, yeah, uh, you know, lately I've been posting not a whole ton on Instagram, but I am planning on ramping that up because we are doing the show again. For sure. Um, yeah, make sure you go to songspodcast.com. Uh, we'll be announcing some stuff there in the future. Yeah, like polls on... We're going to try to get this thing back to where it was a few months ago. So um, we have a Patreon, but you can find that on the website. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if we can bring some Patreons in because we got some plans for that, too. Uh, but, yeah, man, uh, that's it. Thank you for uh, listening, guys. And tune in next time. This has been Songs for the Moment, where every moment has a soundtrack. See you later, guys.